0: Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620.
1: I don't take it lightly to stand before you tonight. Every time I um, am asked to do something, you know, the first, um, the fir- my first response isn't always like, yes, I'm so excited to do this. But I wanna be obedient to God. I wanna live my life in obedience to God. And so for many of you know that one of my greatest passions is prayer. And I find it to be very interesting that I would be standing in front of anybody speaking and praying publicly many years ago uh, when i first became a christian i was in a prayer meeting and i was a new i was a babe in christ and i was very intimidated by people who prayed and they prayed so fervently and they seemed like they knew what they were talking about and i was new to the faith so i didn't know that i didn't need to sound like anybody else i could be who i am who god created me to be and so one of the leaders of this um, prayer session asked me to pray and I said, oh, okay. And so we all joined hands together and I started to pray. Well, I started praying silently. So for a c- couple of seconds, they were like, are you gonna pray? And I'm like, yes, I'm praying silently. And they were not, he was like, no, I'd like you to pray out loud. And I had never prayed out loud before. I didn't know what that would sound like. And so every time someone says, well, you know, you're a prayer warrior, I think to myself, really, if you knew where I started. And that's where I started. So we should never be intimidate, intimidated by someone else's prayer, but we should know that we should pray. Amen? Okay. So uh, tonight uh, we're starting a new series, and the series is called Prayer, Plan, and Purpose. Um, the objective of the study is to remind us and encourage us that, we, when, that when we got saved, we started a lifelong relationship with our savior, Jesus Christ. So it's not a relationship that you can get out of. It's lifelong. He's committed to you, you're committed to him. It's not like people separate and divorce and part ways, but it's a lifelong relationship and when you're cultivating relationships any kind of human relationships you have to get to know the person that you're cultivating the relationship with so let's just take for example a dating relationship you might start seeing someone and the way that you're getting to know that person is truly through conversations right you're talking to the person you're spending time with the person you're getting to know their ways they're getting to know your ways you're compromising communication is is a dynamic two-way communication so if you had a friend and all the time you were listening to the friend but but the friend wasn't talking back to you that's really not a dynamic two-way communication that's just one way so the essential thing about prayer is to remember that it's a two-way communication right So as I was preparing for tonight, I came across a story and I want to share the story with you. So there was a little boy um, who was desperately but unsuccessfully trying to move a very heavy log to clear a pathway to his little favorite hideout. His dad stood and his dad was, you know, watching him trying to move um, this log. And so finally his dad said to him, he said, why aren't you using all of your strength to move this log? And the little boy assured his dad that he was straining and he was using all his might to move the log. And his dad looked at him and quietly said to him, you're not using all your strength because he hadn't asked him his dad to help. My God. He was striving, striving to move a log that probably he could not move because it was a little boy, but he was trying to get to a place. But he couldn't move the log in his human strength, he couldn't move the log. Yet his father was watching him striving to move the log his father is going to say to him why aren't you using all of your strength basically the father's saying why aren't you using all of your resources here i am i am willing and able to help you but you have not turned to ask me dad i need your help so it is with the father so it is with the god that we serve He wonders why we are striving to move our own logs in our own strength when we don't have the capacity to do it on our own because we know without God we are nothing and we can do nothing without him. Amen. 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 So tonight as we go through the scriptures, think about some of the logs that are in this room tonight. Think about the log that you are striving to move. Amen. Hmm. God is the source. The dad was what? The resource. But God is our source, yet we won't go to him. Right? He not only moves logs, he moves mountains. (laughs) So no matter how small or how large the log is in our life, God cares about them. And he's giving us the essential tool to move the heavy log in our lives. Prayer is the believer's tool. Amen. Amen. Yet prayer is many things to many people. So when you ask people, depending on their exposure, what prayer is, they give you lots of different answers. For me, My paradigm of prayer so many years ago was certainly not to pray out loud. I didn't see the need to pray out loud because I wasn't um, brought up in an environment where people prayed out loud. You know, you'd say pray silently. That's what people did, they pray silently. So consider this. Prayer is many things to many people. For mature believers, it may be a source of guilt for those who feel guilty, they, they should pray more. So for some of you in this room, you're, you're mature believers. You know all the prayer. You know the prayer of faith. You know the prayer of intercession. You know the prayer of thanksgiving. You know the prayer of worship. And because you know, you feel like you need to be doing it more. So for some of us, it's guilt. But certainly, we ought not to be praying because we're guilty. For some, it's anxiety and being afraid to pray, pray in public, like I was. I was afraid to um, pray in public because I was wondering what it was going to sound like. Did, I, did it make sense? Did I sound strange? So I was afraid to, to um, pray in public. Um, for others, it's scorn for those who reject its worth. Some people don't believe that prayer is meaningful, it's essential, and it doesn't work for some people. That's what they say, so why pray? God knows, so why to pray? For some people, they don't believe in God, so they don't pray. Confusion for those who don't understand it, that those are non-believers. We're belie- many of us are believers in this room, so prayfully we understand prayer. And lastly, blessings for those who experience its true value. And we are living witnesses, if you are in this room tonight, we are living witnesses that it is a blessing. Amen. And that you're sitting in here tonight. <laughs> it's because someone prayed for you. Someone prayed. Someone believed God. If you're new to Crossover East, if you are a new um, member or you're attending this Bible study, and you were not at Crossover South, someone prayed, a group of people prayed, pastors prayed, ministers prayed, deacons prayed, the congregation prayed so that you would be here for many years. For many, many years. So you are a manifestation of prayer. You may not think. Some of us didn't grow up in homes where parents were praying. But you don't know somebody in the, another part of the world was praying for you, believing God that you would be saved, believing God that you would be living a productive life, believing God that you might be in ministry, whatever it is, serving him, loving him, doing his will. Somebody prayed for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was very fortunate to have godparents who loved the Lord. I was sent to church. I didn't, my parents didn't go to church with me. I was sent to church. And I had godparents who were reverend in the things of God. They were passionate about the things of God. They served the Lord with all of their heart. They taught me the value of going to visit the sick and the shut-ins after church going and ministering communion to the body that was in a hospital or nursing home so I'm so grateful that someone modeled that all these years later God I'm living it out amen glory to God God is good So for tonight, uh, we're going to use this definition for prayer. There are many, many definitions, but our working definition will be an intimate, two-way spiritual exchange between man and his heavenly father. Again, it's an intimate, two-way spiritual exchange between man and his heavenly father. We know that there are various types of prayers found in the Bible, And in the coming weeks, I'll um, cover the various types, but I'll just mention just a few because what we're talking about tonight will just be prayer in general, but there are a number of different types of prayer. So the first is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving can be found throughout the scriptures, but in Psalms 95, 100, it tells us to enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving. Thanking God for who he is, thanking God for saving you, thanking God for delivering you, thanking God to have eternal life and having it more abundantly upon this earth. That is thanksgiving when you are grateful. And when you are grateful, you're enthusiastic about being grateful. You don't just say, someone gives you a gift, and you don't like it, and you say, oh, thank you. That reveals your heart. But if you're really, truly thankful, you're like, thank you so much. Thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for going to a store and buying something or thinking of me as you are traveling. Whatever it is, you are thankful having a thankful heart so that's one aspect of prayer another is supplication in Philippians 4 6 it says that we should pray with supplication the idea of supplication is praying for ourselves and we spend a lot of time praying for ourselves don't we And really, there's not a whole lot. Sometimes I think people feel ashamed that they're praying for themselves because they want to get into a different place. They want to be intercessors. Yes, that's good to strive to be an intercessor because we're all called to be intercessors. It's not a particular group of people called intercessory prayer. We are all intercessors. But supplication is when you are praying for yourself. And I find when people pray for themselves, they're fervent in prayer. Oh, they can, and they can pray a long time and they're diligent because you know you, you know what needs you have so you can lift them up to God. Amen. So the second is supplication. The third is intercessory prayer. And that is typically when you are praying for another person. There are times when people cannot pray for themselves, and they need people to pray for them. There are things that are happening happening all over the world. When you watch the news, you have to have the heart of intercession. When you hear that bombs are going off, and children are being killed, and people are willfully um, doing all kinds of, the Bible calls it, manner of evil. Rape is happening train wrecks, all kinds of things, landslides, earthquakes. You have to have a heart to pray for people that are experiencing those things. That's an intercessor. It's when you feel it, when you're watching television or you're listening to the news or somebody calls you and say, did you know such and such happened? And your first inclination is like, we need to pray. We need to stand in the gap. Again, it's not a group of people. It's not a group, amen, do you understand? It's not a group, it's not this chosen group of people called prayer warriors that should be intercessors. It ought to be everyone in this room that calls yourself born again, spirit-filled believers. We ought to feel, because we ought to be walking in the spirit of love that when you feel something, you ought to feel something. There was a time, some time, a couple of years ago, when it was difficult for me to pray for myself. Can you imagine that? That it was hard for me. I was in a hard place in my life. But God. And if it were not for the intercession of the saints and those that loved me, that were standing in the gap for me, believing God for a supernatural move in my body to be delivered from pain, I certainly could not be standing here before you tonight. Hallelujah. Certainly. Certainly could not. And I'm grateful to God for the intercessors. I'm grateful to God for the saints of God who would stand, who would believe. Certainly not because you feel like it, hallelujah, but because you have a relationship. Hmm. The next group of prayers, corporate and public prayers. This is um, um, seen um, in, in Acts six, one through six, where the deacons were praying out loud and they were pray, uh, praying in public. And when this happened when the missionaries were sent out so, I know there are times when people say, well, you know, they, you shouldn't pray in public, but that's not what the scriptures say. Okay? Closet. Last year, there was a movie, it was called War Room, and a lot of people got so much out of that movie. Uh, uh, the movie. And the movie really was about a woman who learned to develop her relationship with God in a closet, in a house. She became a warrior in the spirit and believed God and prayed. Now, the the closet may not be a closet. It may be your living room. It may be your dining room. But it's when you're in it and you're in it um, privately. So that's your closet. That's your war room. Have a place where you're cultivating prayer and setting aside a time to pray privately. And lastly... Worship. In Matthew six nine through thirteen and Luke eleven, two and four, he says that we pray and worship and honor God. Those are essentials. Worship. How can you pray without worshiping the Creator? magnifying him glorifying him exalting his name for who he is worshiping him with your lifestyle just not with your lips but with your lifestyle everything that is within you a whole body in worship as unto god that you would have an attitude daily moment by moment of worshiping god hallelujah hallelujah this is not an exhaustive list of course because there's so many other areas of prayer but we'll cover those at another time but i want you to know that we ought to walk in all of those aspects of prayer not just one not just two but all of them as we read our bibles and we study prayer make sure that you're finding yourself in prayer and thanksgiving in your warm room in your closet publicly cultivating that relationship. Hallelujah. In Genesis 3, 8, this is going to be our uh, main um, scripture for tonight. We find a father. If you turn with me to Genesis 3, 8 through 13. We find the father initiating dialogue and conversation with Adam and Eve. Are you there? Okay, okay. First book. I was like, this is easy, right? Yeah. Uh, We find the father initiating dialogue and conversation with Adam and Eve. Although the father initiated the dialogue, some theologians consider this the first act of prayer. And others subscribe that in Genesis 4.26, when Cain killed Abel, that that was the first prayer. I'm not a theologian, Hmm. however, I do know it is the Holy Spirit who moves us to cry out Abba Father. Mm -hmm. And we are sons and daughters of God. Galatians 4 6 through 7 says this, because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying abba father therefore you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an ear through god again we are no longer what slaves we are what sons and daughters that means we're ear through god we're joint ears through God so this is very familiar but you know I I always say something can be familiar to you the passage may be familiar but it may not be intimate (laughs) because when something is intimate you know it you are living it out you're carrying it out so as we go through uh, Genesis 3 8 we're gonna go through step by step verse by verse about what was happening in the garden okay so it's genesis 3 8 and so this is uh, and this is about the fall of man okay so in verse 8 it says they heard the sound of the lord walking in the garden talking about adam and eve cool of the day And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I have commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this thing, <laughs> and then it goes on to say what he will, what's gonna happen to them, but we're gonna concentrate on the questions that the Lord, the Father, asks Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. The first thing he asks them is, what, where are you? Where are you was he asking them because he did not know where they were he they were in the garden weren't they he knew where they were so my question to you tonight and to me tonight is where are you where are you whether you're experiencing feelings of joy or pain it is the spirit within us who initiates our prayer. In a sense, the same words of Genesis three and nine, where are you? Are you hiding in fear? Are you struggling with a relationship? A mother, a father, a sister, a brother, a son, a daughter, an aunt, an uncle, cousins, in-laws, friends, neighbors, or a colleague? Where are you? Are you angry? Are you disappointed? Are you hurt? Are you confused? Are you grieving? Are you unsatisfied with life? Are you trying to escape your life by using food, drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, pornography, shopping, social media, etc. If you are, the father says, tell me about it because I care. That's what God was doing when he was asking Adam and Eve where they were. He was conscious that they had fallen, that they were in an area of sin. He already knew that. He's a loving father. He's a good, good father. And just like a good human father, that loves their child. They will ask questions when they really already know the answers. But again, they just wanna hear you communicate it. They want you, the father and the parent wants you to tell them that you're hurt. They want to listen, they want to soothe you, they want to help you this is a good parent, this is not an abusive parent or a parent that was not there. This is a parent who loves a child. It is the same way with our Heavenly Father. He's asking you, he's asking me, where are we tonight? And if you find yourselves in any of those categories, he's telling you that he's there to help you. That he will never leave you, you. nor will he forsake you. That he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. We change, but God doesn't change. He's still the same God. He's still the same God. He's still the same God that's beckoning us and calling us and wooing us, fathering us, loving us, engaging us. We ought to be doing the same thing for him. Hallelujah. We ought to be doing the same thing for our God. So that when we go to him in prayer, because we know him, because we have a relationship with him, that we can cry out, Abba, Father. And when we cry out, we should know that he answers. We should know that he answers. And it doesn't matter what the answer is. We'll get there. But we should know that God answers us. Hallelujah. Adam's response is very interesting, right? Adam's response, you know, he just starts telling God about the woman. And he tells God that he was afraid to pray because of the outcome of the prayer. He was afraid. So again, maybe he was afraid to tell the Lord because he was scared of what God would do. That's why children lie. I'm not sure why adults lie. I'm not sure why we lie, but children lie because they're afraid of the consequences of what's happened to them. Well, you know, if they lie, they they say, okay, well, if I lie, then I might not get whipping. I might not be in punishment. My mom won't take my phone. My dad won't take my phone. Or I can watch television. Mm. They're afraid of the consequences. And I I suggest that that's probably why we don't tell the truth all the time either. Because we are afraid of the consequences. But it would be better to speak the truth to a god that already knows our heart already knows where we are so when we go to him in prayer it's not like we're telling him anything he doesn't know if you're mad or you're angry people say oh i'm not mad i'm not angry yeah but your behavior is so when we go to the father he already knows our heart So I can go to him and say, Father, I am angry. I am disappointed. Help me to overcome that. I am depressed. I am feeling this way. I'm not just going to put it under the carpet and call it faith, but yet I'm not walking in that faith. You have to develop that faith or it's simply not the truth. And I understand faith confessions. I understand the word. But many Christians today are lame, and many of us are sick and down and out because we're not speaking the truth in prayer. And someone who you are, what, cultivating a relationship with, they know you, right? They know. They know you. They know you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Next question is, who told you that you were naked? Hmm. And you know what, an answer really wasn't recorded in the word of God for that particular question. The question was likely um, intended to show Adam that something um, had taken place inside him, namely the birth of his conscience. The spirit man, the inner voice telling Adam that he was naked and guilty before God. The father used this question to get Adam to see that he was corrupted in his heart because he disobeyed. Okay, so who told you you were naked? Ponder that. The next question is, have you eaten from the tree which I have commanded you not to eat? Adam's answer was this, he blames his wife and implicitly blames God for giving her to him. But then he weakly admits his disobedience. And when he says, I ate, then God turns to Eve and directly asks, what is, is this that you have done? Like Adam, Eve tries to pass the buck to. But she finally has to admit, I ate. And when there's sin in a person's life, what they need most is to admit their disobedience to God. At that point, we acknowledge our sin and God takes over and deals with our guilt in his way. Remember, he's a good father and he's a loving father. What is it that you've done? Ask yourself. Eve said, the serpent deceived me and i ate the serpent deceived me i was deceived by the serpent, serpent and i ate so you have to ask yourself and i have to ask myself what is this that we have done hallelujah hallelujah we have to ask ourselves because see when you come to, to the to the father you have to come open. You have to come and acknowledge where you are because he really already knows where you are. Amen. 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 God knows. So tonight, the plan of our prayer, the plan of prayer, there is a plan. We just don't, we're not arbitrarily praying. There's a plan for um, prayer. The plan of God for us in prayer is for us to establish His will in our lives. Right? The plan of God for us in prayer, again, is to establish His will in our lives. Thy kingdom come, Your will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. The Bible declares His plan for us is good, not evil not to give to give us a future and to give us hope right yes to give us hope our hope is in god our hope is in god the purpose of prayer is this is for the spiritual intimacy um, for spiritual intimacy in order to live and fulfill life of those in christ jesus And that's Luke 11, 2. It says, says unto unto them, when we pray, say our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus told his disciples, when you pray, not if you pray. It's when you pray, as you pray, because you pray. The purpose of prayer is to build us up, not to tear us down. Prayer should never be something that's downgraded to a second um, placement in our lives. Like, oh, I got to pray. That's not it. He wants us to know about our identity in him by learning of him, to know him, and to know who we are in him. I have more, but you can't teach prayer without praying. We, can't, we, we could never come before you in, in, a, in a setting like this and hear the word and not pray. So tonight we're gonna pray, and we're gonna pray where we are. Where are you? Who told you were naked? We're going to believe God for those areas that we have been trusting God for and we don't see the answer. We don't see the manifestation of what we've prayed for. So we've gotten discouraged. We feel alone. We feel like God has not heard us. So if you would stand with me tonight.
0: Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.CrossoverChurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastors' Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.